Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how a small country created their own Google Street View using sheep, why some of the new coronavirus vaccines have to be kept so cold, and why it's easier to understand a second language than it is to speak it. Let's satisfy some curiosity. People in rural areas are used to being overlooked by big tech. But in 2016, one woman living on a remote chain of islands had had enough. Her islands weren't on Google Street View, the humanity. So she created her own street view with the help of some local sheep. Oh yeah, she made a Google Sheep View. The islander in question is Durita Andreasen, and the remote islands in question were the Faroe Islands. The Faroe Islands are an autonomous archipelago country within the Kingdom of Denmark, located roughly equidistant between Norway, Iceland, and Scotland. The country's name translates to the Islands of Sheep in Danish. That's fitting as the country is home to 80,000 sheep, which is almost double the number of humans. Andreasen works for the Faroese Tourism Board, so when she discovered that the Faroe Islands were missing from Google Street View, she launched a video series to attract Google's attention by showing off the beauty of her homeland. Andreasen and her team attached solar-powered 360-degree cameras to a flock of sheep and let them loose. As the sheep roamed the remote areas of the islands, they captured images that were sent directly to Andreasen with GPS coordinates. Then she uploaded these pictures to Google Street View herself with the accompanying hashtag, we want Google Street View. Not only was Andreasen able to get the attention of many potential tourists, but Google finally heard her pleas loud and clear. Google sent a Street View representative and 360 degree cameras through their camera loan program later that year. Today, all Faroese inhabitants and visitors are encouraged to upload their own photos but the sheep are still capturing images from the places that people can't access. So, if you ever wanted to get a view of locations only accessible to sheep, well, you know what to do. Google it. And we are including a link to a street view image on the Faroe Islands. It's really beautiful. As the COVID-19 vaccines are being rolled out, a lot of people are starting to think about the logistical hurdles that we need to overcome so everyone can get vaccinated. One hurdle? The leading vaccines need to be kept incredibly cold, much colder than many other vaccines. What's up with that? I mean, here's how cold we're talking. Moderna's vaccine needs to be kept at minus 4 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 20 degrees Celsius, while Pfizer's vaccine requires seriously subarctic temperatures, minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 70 degrees Celsius. Compare that to your garden variety flu vaccine, which just needs to be kept below 46 degrees Fahrenheit or 8 degrees Celsius. Storing and transporting the new vaccines in these super chilly temps is a considerable challenge. Freezers that can maintain those temperatures are expensive and energy intensive, but they're necessary. That's because unlike traditional vaccines, which are made from actual virus, these vaccines are made from a genetic blueprint called messenger RNA, or mRNA. mRNA breaks down really easily at mild temperatures, so you need ultra-cold freezers to make sure the vaccine doesn't degrade. The developers have given the mRNA particles a protective coating, which helps, but it's not enough to overcome the need for sub-zero temps. 
This is a pain, but the drawbacks of mRNA vaccines might be worth it compared to traditional vaccines. Traditional vaccines are typically made from deactivated viral particles, which are commonly grown in chicken eggs. Growing them takes a really long time. On top of that, because they're made of actual pieces of virus, they can also cause unintended side effects. mRNA is not a viral particle. Instead, it's an information molecule that tells your body how to make a particular protein. In this case, the vaccine has the instructions to make copies of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. This will trigger your immune system to produce antibodies that will recognize that protein if it ever enters your body out in the wild. So if traditional vaccines are like giving your immune system target practice with a deactivated virus, mRNA vaccines are like putting up a few wanted signs. mRNA vaccines are a way to program our bodies to fight off new viruses without having to come into contact with any part of the virus at all. Keeping them cold is a small price to pay. If you've ever tried to learn a second language, you know it's often easier to understand it than it is to speak it. And scientists may have figured out why that's the case. And this all comes down to how the brain divides up work. The two hemispheres of your brain don't always share labor equally. Some tasks rely more on one side than the other. For a long time, scientists have thought that language was one of those tasks. As in, for most people, language happens in the left hemisphere. But over the years, more and more studies have put that idea into question. Maybe language isn't as dependent on the left hemisphere as we thought. So to find out, scientists looked at brain activity on fMRI scans while participants practiced reading, listening, and speaking in two languages. In this case, it was their native language of Spanish and a second language, English. Some of the participants were new to the second language, and some had been speaking it for a long time. Right out of the gate, the researchers noticed something interesting. Everyone relied on their left hemisphere when they spoke. But when reading or listening, the right hemisphere lit up in some people, and how much varied from person to person. They also noticed something about the participants' language experience. Brain activity in the new language learners looked pretty similar when hearing or reading their native language compared to the new language. But something surprising happened in the advanced language learners' brains. Hearing or reading their second language activated the opposite hemisphere from the one that was activated when hearing or reading their native language. But again, that wasn't true when they spoke in the language. In both the beginners and the advanced learners, speaking activity was solely dependent on the left hemisphere. So you might ask, what's the big deal? Well, the scientists say this research shows something about the plasticity of the brain. Basically, the brain is actually more flexible when it comes to understanding a new language than it is for speaking that language. So if one of your New Year's resolutions is to learn a new language, remember that speaking and understanding are two completely different things. You may be able to comprehend the words you read and hear faster than you'll be able to speak those words yourself which means that practicing by yourself with Duolingo or Rosetta Stone is good, but finding someone to speak the language with is even better. All right, well, let's recap the main things we learned today, starting with the fact that in 2016, the Faroe Islands got their own version of Google Street View using Sheep. So Google Sheep View. Love it. 
that made sense because there are almost twice as many sheep there as people. So while there is an official Google Street View there now, you can also use the tool to see places only accessible to sheep. They really raised the bar. <laughs> Actually, those videos are amazing, too. Everybody needs to go to the Faroe Islands Tourism Board website. Yeah, no, your point is wool taken. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry, I hope that pun didn't ruin our working relationship. Uh... <laughs> anyway, we also learned that certain coronavirus vaccines need to be kept super, super cold because they're made from a genetic blueprint called mRNA. They break down at even mild temperatures, but they're better than traditional vaccines because these will teach your body how to make its own antibodies to handle the virus. It's like the virus version of the old adage, give a man a fish and he'll feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. Give an immune system a viral particle and you protect it for a flu season. Teach an immune system to make its own antibodies and boy you uh you're protected well we don't know if you're protected for life we need to do the research yeah i feel like now i know why the fish one persisted <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> well and we also learned that your brain may be more flexible when it comes to understanding a new language than it is for speaking that language so if you're learning a new language maybe expect that you'll be able to understand it faster than you'll be able to speak it this really speaks to me because I took French in high school and I was pretty good at it at the time. Like when I went to France with my French class, I was always the one that people would push in front of them to talk to the cashiers or whatever. But of course, over time, I lost some of that. So I remember there was when I was still single, I remember I was out at a bar and there was a very handsome French guy who was speaking French. And I was like, yeah, I could do this. I could speak French to him. And I was like, I know some French. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he started speaking to me in French. And I understood what he said. And then I couldn't respond, which honestly, looking back, it's like it's hard enough to talk to an attractive person in your own language. <laughs> Why did I think I could do it in a foreign language that I hadn't spoken in a gazillion years? Yeah, I went to uh, Germany with my wife a few years ago and we had taken some German lessons leading up to it. And we went to a restaurant in a tiny little town, totally like no tourists had ever been to this town. And we sat down and she ordered everything in German and they thought we spoke German. It was great. I didn't really say a lot. She was better at it than I was. And then she came back and she started making small talk with us and asking us questions. And we just totally froze. And then my wife broke down. And she's just like, yeah, we don't really speak German. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's nice that they mistook you for that, though. That's cool. Yes, it was great. The longer you can kind of come off as, as speaking the language, the, yeah, it was fun. It's always worth trying. Definitely. Today's stories were written by Anna Todd, Cameron Duke, and Kelsey Donk, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. I'm going to go out on a lamb and say that you should join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. 